Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It is the review show on the Anfield Wrap after Watford 3, Liverpool 0 and to discuss Liverpool's collapse at Vicarage Road. I am Dan Morgan, by the way. I've got Sean Rogers and Neil Jones. And lads, just want to touch first on what we think the manager's message of full-time would have been. Um, Neil, I'll come to you first. Klopp has had a almost a templated response in pre-match press conferences and yeah. inf- interviews and the likes. Um throughout this winning streak or this unbeaten run. Um, but he obviously faced something different at full-time when Aldham hinted that they were kept behind a little bit. Yeah. I mean, as well as the message, what do you think the general tone of the manager would have been after the game? I think I think it would have been deliberately not what they expected, if you know what I mean. So I think they would have probably gone in thinking, oh, we're going to get it, we're going to get it here. And I think he would have, I, I personally would have, and I expect Klopp would have tried to avoid that and just sort of not make too big a deal out of it. Sort of treat treat it the same, you know, the same adversities with with the same um, mentality. I think Wijnaldum said he basically said we can't ignore what you've done in the past, but likewise we can't ignore what you've done tonight. So he, obviously, I don't think he needs to say too much about how bad it was because I think they would have all known it. I think Lovren, what did Lovren say? It was like someone hit us in the face and we deserved it. So. That sort of sums up how the players were feeling. But I think he would have... I think Klopp would have been... I think there would have been an air of, listen, what you have done is unbelievable. And don't forget that. Don't forget that like, how this feels is only feels this way because of what you've done and the, the position you've put yourselves in. And then he would have looked for the next day, the, the match day plus one uh, debrief that they have at Melwood. I think he'd have gone into the detail and probably the criticism a bit more in that in that meeting do you agree Sean? yeah it's not I think in that situation um, you know probably obviously at a different level kind of thing but it's, a, it's the same situation it's 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 the management of people isn't it and I think um, to be honest whether it's an office environment or whatever I think I think it's not the time or the place straight after the game I think what you probably do um, especially in this situation is you try and turn it into more of a motivational thing when the next time you get all the group together ahead of the next challenge because that's the problem is that you're looking at a group of a minimum of 18 people and, and they're not all going to deal with this in the same way and therefore you need to be especially in this day and age you, you need to be flexible and to give all of them 18 the whatever it is that they need out of that some some of them may need an arm around the shoulder others others less so you know others uh, carrot and stick typical thing i mean for me I, th- I think the motivating thing for him is that i would be saying to them ahead of the next game when you've got everyone together look let's have a look at them quotes from sheffield united you know this mm. we can we can play badly we can play well you know form is temporary class is permanent all that kind of stuff but other clubs have gone on record that nobody outruns us. No one outbattles us. Not for 90-odd minutes anyway. Um, no one gets to the second balls better than us. No one wants it more than us. And if I was him, I'd be saying, that has to be a one-off. And we and we prove that. And actually, I'm not bothered about the form in the next game, necessarily. That'll come. We go back to 
minimum. Mm. We can control our tactical discipline. We can control our intensity, our fire, everything. And I also think that the mentality went a little bit too early for Klopp's liking. It's fine for us. I genuinely haven't seen that, but it's fine for us to be thinking whatever as fans at 2 0 or even 3 0. But just the, 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 the behaviour of the players was a bit unclop esque. And I think that'll be, for me, that should be his focus. If one becomes two or two becomes three, then you start looking at it in a different way. I think um, it'll come to it. I think he might have to look at tweaking a few things as well himself, both in terms of subtle changes maybe in tactics for certain games like that um, and, and also maybe what he does in terms of second half changes as well. Do you think there's a bit of Ferguson United in it, Neil, in that every now and again you just need a reset? Mm. Um, they had you know, a couple of big ones, didn't they? Well, they, they got battered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a look yesterday, and there's a there's a week in October 1996 yeah. where they get to five 0 at Newcastle, six, and, three, and they got beat at home in the Champions League as well by Fenerbahce. Yeah, that, that week. And, and well. every now and again, you just felt there was a little reset yeah. of, okay, you know, we, this happens, and then we start again. I suppose that's where Liverpool. This is where they'll earn. What? Where did he stand in the great teams? I think because. That you're right and absolutely right to punt out United because I always got the impression that if you if United got beat, God help the team that plays in the week after. That's mm-hmm. that's why I always used to grew up with Manchester United as being the dominant side. So and they, they sustain that for what you know if they lost the league, they lost the league to Blackburn. God help the next season. Mm-hmm. You know they, they lost the league to Arsenal. Yeah. God help the next season. And I think they won three after that after after Arsenal's um, to that um, ninety eight success. So, you think that's proof of a great manager and a great side, great players. Liverpool now, listen, they'll have watched the whole world laugh and enjoy it and have seen Arsenal tweeting about it, Nottingham Forest having a little little dance about it as well. And you think, okay, but the best way of doing it is just to say, well, yeah, we lost the game. We won the next 15. Or, we, you know, we, we didn't win. We didn't lose the next one. We, we went to Chelsea and beat them in the cup. Then we knocked Atletico Madrid out of the Champions League. And I think that'll be the challenge for them because as much as you, as much as so many people go so wise after the event and say it was always coming, this it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, they were playing, they were playing all right, and they were winning most of the time. No one saw them getting beat three 0 at Watford. No, I don't care what. Even at half time, I don't think anyone saw that Liverpool were going to lose that game. I, I personally thought as soon as Delafeu walked off, I thought that was, or, or sorry, was stretched off. I thought that was Watford's chance gone with them, and. I was surprised by how how much Liverpool collapsed in the second half. Watford deserve credit, Sean, um, in terms of the setup and Liverpool. In specific interviews, have been right to praise Watford post game. Um, the warning signs, I would say, are there for Liverpool before the game in terms of the results that are around Watford. You know, you think of performance at Anfield being one. Yeah. Performance at Anfield being one, but also, you know, you've got Norwich, um, you've got Bournemouth, you've got West Ham all, all getting something before they kick off. So that adds an extra 10%, you would think, or oh, that's at least being said in the changing room. But, you know, like you say, they know what they're getting from them in terms of Anfield. They've got Saar and Feminia back, so there's a bit more pace around them. They're a bit more, I think they're a little bit more Liverpool clone than we've seen in many games this season and maybe then they've been given credit for. I think they're, they're dressed up as a 4-2-3-1, but at times they're, they're very much a, a 4-3-3 as Liverpool are in terms of that fluent midfield, to Corey ahead, Will Hughes ahead, Capoue sitting back, and then you've got pace around Deeney as well. I think they 
they gave as good as they got I thought and they grew with the game obviously in the circumstances of the game yeah I think if you look at Mourinho and Guardiola over the last 10-15 years when they've been at their absolute best <clears throat> they almost feel like they're slightly one step ahead or when they feel like something just needs a slight tweak they're able to do it and put a bit of variety in there I think one of the things we have a little bit of an issue with is we're a bit like a sitting duck at times and uh, we're a great duck <laughs> but um, we are a little bit of a sitting duck in that I think to prepare for us at the moment you can pretty much uh, take away the individual brilliance of some of the combinations and some also of, of the partnerships and the individuals in the team that you can't do a lot for I think you look at Watford you look at the template probably laid down by Atletico Madrid that a lot of people are going to look to copy with with inferior players to be fair I think the, the interesting thing for Watford was the intensity that they brought to it yeah. people talk about shape people talk about game plan stuff like that I thought the best thing that Watford were able to do was actually turn the tap off when they needed to leave Liverpool off the ball and they were able to turn that tap on at the right moments. And it's really, it is very, very difficult to do that. And I think Liverpool are a bit unlucky. There's an element to me of a bit of the perfect storm for Watford coming into this in terms of the personnel that they've got available yeah. sort of a, a cold night game Half down there the off, way yeah. the fixtures have gone the fact that Watford had had such a good performance at Anfield we'd buried them at Anfield 6-0 to much harder sell for Pearson coming into this game but the, but the, and it wasn't it doesn't feel that long ago I think was it the yeah. first game without Fabinho if I'm right I, I can't December, remember but December wasn't it yeah. so I, I, for him I, if I was Liverpool coming into this I'd be expecting a storm but like Neil in some ways, maybe that's the worst thing that could have happened for us—the injury. Because I just wonder. It's it, it's it's. Klopp said that they'd. It had been a very analytical half time, which is fine and normally works for us. But I just wonder whether the Liverpool players felt that, that Watford had gone, and that yeah. with that, I just wonder whether you only have to you only have to have a few players drop a few percent, and it makes a big difference. And I just wonder whether the concentration went because I wonder whether that whether Delafeo stays. On, I know it sounds mad. I wonder whether he stays on. Whether our focus is a bit better. Well, he, well, if he stays on, he probably goes off after an hour anyway because tends to, doesn't he? I think Klopp said quite an interesting thing again in his press conference today. He said. He said the template for how you play against a team like that is Manchester City's first goal in the Carabao Cup final. He said it's it's a, it's a diagonal ball, but it's what's it twenty yard diagonal ball? Yeah, and Liverpool, a late run. Yeah, and a late late run and and you know movements around that. And Liverpool, I think, have done it very well for a lot of the season. But I do think you're seeing a little bit of a change in the way people are, are, are cutting them diagonal problems out that they're getting on with where Van Dijk sprays a big long one and Trent gets forward I think it's it, it can be a little bit predictable in that regard and I think Liverpool had no unpredictability around the, around at the edge of the box I mean you know you don't want to dig anyone out but I've never I think that's the quietest game I've ever seen Mane have ever in, in any game he just he wasn't terrible he was just not involved Salah he was he was very wide very high and wide I thought it was you didn't really see him getting into the positions where you know he can hurt and Firmino was started okay and drifted out so when you've got that combination of Watford sort of knowing what's coming and not fearing what's coming further forward I think you, you get get that stage where it didn't look I mean what did he create one chance really was it with Robertson mm. when he gets in and, and Foster makes a save and I think Salah it's one into the side net in the first half and other than that it was I think that's maybe good. where Klopp should be careful what you wish for in the, it's the second year running that after a break we've lost the rhythm in the final third um, I don't think when we came back after the break last year we were too bad sort of 
through the lines or at the weekend it's it, it's gone mad at the other end of the pitch I suppose but in you know we've had the trip away last year similar point in time come back not really quite got the rhythm back for a few weeks again this year um we've 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 looked tactically good we've looked quite strong we looked that you know we're getting over the line but it just hasn't quite clicked in the final third you know you think of West Ham you think of Norwich you think oh, Atletico Madrid different situation Myself, I think Atletico Madrid have been over-exaggerated a bit. I don't think they're anywhere near as good as what we made them out. I think if that was a purr in Liverpool, we picked them off. And and I think if we can get purring again, I think we'll make a mockery of them at Anfield. I think the key now is how long it takes Liverpool to get back purring because uh, you would like that to happen at least the game before going into that. What do you think... Sorry, Sam. um, What do you think is more damaging for a team to lose a big... Unbeaten record is it that kind of defeat or one where you've played all right and you get yeah yeah I think if the, I think it's much after lock come off I think yeah. it, I think it's the yeah, best for it to that. be a, yeah I, I, it, I it's a long I went a completely different thing but a similar uh, not dissimilar thing happened in a way I'd gone a long long time unbeaten and if the wheels are going to come off they may as well just come off and it's far easier for everyone to deal with because if you play well and it doesn't go your way you've got half the squad who don't think there's a problem I don't think there's a and and th- I don't care if you're winning or losing the whole purpose is to improve game to game and it's getting everyone's focus back on that but it does help when everyone everyone yeah. completely appreciates there's a reason to if you know what I mean I think you sleep easier at night in many ways I think if you sat there thinking how the fuck did that happen yeah I how, can't be any worse how, how, well no in terms of like how have we played so well and not won a oh, game oh yeah 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 I think that keeps you up longer than so if you're a boxer you'd rather get knocked out yeah, not, and not yeah, that then, big then, then, than be pulled apart for 12 yeah, rounds yeah. and be worried about your actual yeah, ability exactly I mean uh, just back on your original point before Sean I think I think what's interesting is when you have a run like this it defies so much of what football is or what we know it to be and you know you, you think you're dressing rooms you think you're unions in dressing rooms you've got your defenders your midfielders your forwards they're all backing their role within a team at any one time and I think because Liverpool have been so comprehensively you know superior for so long the forwards in many ways have had that freedom to try things that haven't come off and you know at times it can look really lackadaisical or it can look really really like careless when they're doing things that are just almost passing to two opposition defenders on purpose because they're trying to get a second ball situation or they're trying to counter press or they're trying to just be a little too clever because they know the back door is shut when that starts to open again that's when I think you start to get your well, you know, you've got your defenders in the side. Well, hang on a minute, that needs to stick a bit more, or you know, that needs to yeah. that needs to be yeah. a little give bit more de- yeah. decisive. And I think, you know, obviously we all hope that this is just a defeat in isolation, and we go on to to start unbeaten again. But if this does continue in this type of form, it wouldn't surprise me if the front three in particular are a lot more decisive about what they're doing in yeah. certain situations yeah. with the ball and. And I think the other thing, the difference between last season is I think that's the difference is that I think last season when we went through this similar type of thing, it was more the front three missing chances. You know, you think of mm. Everton away, for example, and not they're not taking the, the chance in front of goal. I think this is the pass before the chance, more of a thing than that, you know. So I think... I don't think he'll be that fussed about the results in the next little run, if you like. Mm. Uh, certainly I wouldn't be. It, that's a perfect analogy in that... If your forwards, if you know your forwards are generally ruthless, but they're going through a spell when they're not, you you're completely happy with the fact that you're creating chances because that's that's the that's one of the well that's one of the hardest things to do in football, especially in this day and age now. You know, with the way teams set up and everything else, um, 
you know, I, th- I think we maybe take it for granted how good Liverpool and Man City have been, for, particularly Manchester City, by the way, of creating these kind of chances. It is the hardest thing to do. And I think for Klopp, forget the results, whether we go on a big, long, unbeaten run now or not. I think the main thing that you want to see is you want to have the basics of your philosophy and Klopp's philosophy back and back bright. And then you want to just, you, you want to go, right, out the next eight games, we're going to play really well in six of them and maybe have to dig something out in two. And I think where Klopp's been at the moment is we've probably had we've probably played well in three or four and dug mm. out the other four. Mm. And the problem is for long longevity, that's not gonna it's just not gonna happen. It, it can't happen. And and you see an example of that at the weekend where you just drop off them levels a bit. You're going back to the well too much for me. I think you get back into that rhythm and even if that means you don't get quite the same ratio of results, I think he'll be looking to get back to because mm. he'll all be about improving the performance levels. That, that that and also if you want to go long in the Champions League, you ain't winning the European Cup by by playing beautiful football every week. But you're also not doing it by grinding out every single result because just something will go wrong. You need that balance, and I think you want to get back to a slightly better balance. I think I think as well, Liverpool have been spoiled themselves, haven't they, by being able to come back from from a goal down and being strong in the last half hour of games, and so that would it might not be. Obvious, but it might be subconscious that they're thinking, you know what, one nil down after an hour is not a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem. So you're not as you're not as driven to to stay at nil nil or to get the first goal. You're just thinking it'll be all right. And I think the speed with which they get the second goal just sort of goes, well, hang on, we haven't been here. You know, like we've been one nil down, we've come back. That's something we haven't done enough. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gone one to two. I don't think that well that quick. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's a strange goal, the second goal, isn't it? Because it just sort of comes from a back heel down the line that could go anywhere and it stays in and then it's, it's a pretty rudimentary ball, isn't it? That just plays someone in and even when he was in, I still thought he was going to miss and he took, he takes it so well, doesn't he? You know, he p- puts it away. So you still... Um, I think that was a, that was a big shock to the system. I think you know. I think if it if it stays one nil another five minutes, I think Liverpool probably do get them to act together and create something. But I think once they go two nil, it goes, shit, this is like... Okay, now now we now we are up against it. You know, we, oh, yeah. we, have, we haven't done this this season. We haven't we haven't come from two 0 down in a game and, and and gone come back to win it. So I think that probably was a big big sort of jolt to them. Yeah, I mean it's an uncharted territory yeah. thing, isn't it? You know, in many ways, and that's ridiculous yeah. considering you you've only just gone two down in a football game. But and with, with, after an hour. But Liverpool have, in many ways, they've chosen the times to get be perfectly. You know, meaningless in theory, meaningless Champions League group games or. Yeah. You know, even first legs. Well, I think yeah, I I think you can even look at things like you know, players going away on international duty, players like Robertson, and going going getting his arse handed to him for Scotland, and then coming back and knowing what it feels like to be humbled in that Mm. manner. That was like the Liverpool way in the eighties. Switching back on, yeah. (laughs) The whole squad went away with Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) He moves. uh, He goes Lovren, Neil over over Matip. Um, Do you think there's a Jordan Henderson angle to this in that? You miss Henderson and Milner for many reasons, but your talkers on the pitch is massively reduced. And whether he thinks Lovren can just be a little bit more vocal than Matip if he's only got fans like there on the pitch, the one thing that's been noticeable in recent games is that that communication's dropped off a lot. Yeah. I think you can see it. You can yeah. see it in in situations in game, but also when the rest and you can't hear much. Yeah. Um, inside, it's a good point because he. <laughs> He'd reference Matip on Friday saying no one hears him speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's obviously about something else. But, I mean, Joe Gomez wasn't injured for Saturday. 
I'm, I'm, well, I'm 100% sure that Joe Gomez wasn't injured. He was fit to play. He was rested for the game. Yeah, the, line, the line was he had a yeah, minor fitness issue or something. It had, he wasn't. He, he was left out of the squad because they, they, they must. I'm guessing the fitness, you know, stats say that maybe he was in a in the red zone or whatever it is, or you know, he's he's thinking about it. But Klopp confirmed today he's back in the squad for Chelsea mm. on Tuesday, so he um, he could have played. I think he was possibly a bit alarmed at Gomez against West Ham. I think he might have seen that and thought, I'm seeing the signs of sort of someone who maybe just needs a little little take out. I still think there's probably a perception of Lovren that he's he's a more capable physical defender than I actually think than he is. You know, I think people see, see Lovren and say, oh, he's just an old school sort of, he, he'll, he'll head it and, and tackle it and, you know, if you need him to do that sort of basic job, he can. But I I think the one thing you can't quantify, and I know Klopp said today, if you want to just blame Lovren for it, then you, I can't help you. And, and he's right to say that. But I think the one thing you can't quantify is that when with a player when it goes against them some players show it quicker that it's going against them and I think Lovren was the first I thought in the whole side to sort of look like he was struggling to handle what was yeah. what wasn't happening he's having a fight game. with himself fight with himself and then obviously that manifests in the fight with Deeney and Klopp said today he said that the first ball doesn't kill you against against Watford but you look at how many times the second ball was landing in an area where you don't want it to and a lot of that was down to Lovren and Trent that that sort of right-sided access to the defense. Yeah, I think I think Neil's Neil's spot on with a lot of what he said there. He, on paper, I don't think any other manager would have probably done what Klopp did. But because Klopp's had players like Nathaniel Klein come out of nowhere and play all right against Man U, yeah. he doesn't care that players haven't played for ages. Um, Shakiri would be an example, probably against Barcelona. I imagine I can't remember really the last game time he'd had prior yeah. to that game off the top of my head. Um, he believes in in the work that they do in training. So I genuinely, I we'd have all been looking at that going. A rusty Lovren is an accident waiting to happen, and it's unfair on him. Him going in in that situation, you'd rather him have, I don't know, a game against twentieth at Anfield to ease his way in. A yeah, game like Chelsea, yeah, whatever yeah. to ease your way in. I think the confidence that that he's got in putting him in is quite simple. They're going to put Troy Deeney miles away from Van Dijk as we all know they're going to do he's going to put them in that area and they're going to go for first and second balls and how well we do in the game will be dictated by how well we do on the first and second balls and I think he's therefore gone sound I'm going to put Lovren in there because I just think he'll deal with that better than Matip and then I've, his hand is forced a little bit because, he, but he'll probably go I've got the pace and the nippiness of Trent Alex Osley, Chamberlain mm-hmm. Fabinho to then pick up those second balls and I think <sighs> You can't criticise because look at what he's done, I suppose. But we're not saying this in hindsight. Um, I think it was a surprising choice. And I'm also surprised by the tactic in that, in exactly what Neil has just said. Most top teams that come up against a player like that don't don't fall for this anymore in terms of getting embroiled in a battle and all this stuff. You know, that's out in the 80s with your Graham Sharps and your John Fashnews and all that where they'll back into you and start picking up fouls and free kicks. The modern day thing to do, especially in them kind of areas, is you let him have it. Oh, yeah. But you, you have a circle around him mm. where if he wants to, if you misread it and he can bring it down, you take it off his toes, you expose his lack of touch, you, you make sure that you guard against the flick-ons, but your midfield guard against the seconds. And that's, for, in a weird way, that sends out the wrong message. That's like, yeah, we're going to dominate you. And I think if I'm Lovren, I'm going, I'm in the team to do that. And you can see that the longer the game goes on, the more and more he wants to get involved in that. And the problem for Lovren in a nice way is he, I think he is a genuine winner. 
So even if he wins eight out of nine, he's focusing on the one that he didn't get. So then he, he, he's doing the wrong things at the wrong time. And yeah. I just, I don't, th- I also think, by the way, Van Dyke, look, he owes us nothing. But it's not a new thing that I think his concentration's gone. I didn't think he was, he, his concentration was that great against Norwich. With the ball, he's like a Rolls Royce, but without the ball, I thought. I mean, I, I, Neil's right in what he says about Gomez. I had a bit of sympathy for Gomez. I thought Van Dijk was rocky against West Ham. I think if, if it wasn't for the fact his name's Virgil Van Dijk, he could have tossed a coin for me in terms of resting one of them. To be honest with you, um, he doesn't get a break. To be fair to him either, and I thought his concentration levels, his concentration levels in a way were as bad as Lovren's decision making. I, I think his is the biggest mistake for the first goal, Van Dijk's. I think the second, the, the second he's got no sensory acuity. He's, yeah. you know, if you think of Alan Hansen's greatest skill, supposedly Jamie Carragher, I think the same is they'd predict everything was going to go wrong. So yeah. you'd think they're bailing people out, but Hansen and Carragher did that. You didn't see the times when they didn't because they just always presumed someone was going to mm. go wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think for the first goal in particular, you know, Lovren gets into the the brawl and the ball bounces doesn't it, and gets gets into the box, but. I don't, I don't understand why Van, why Van Dijk. It's, it's just unusual what he does, isn't it? You know, he, he sort of. It's like don't concede the corner. Yeah, yeah, to- that's yeah, what it's, it's like, isn't it? It's mm. like don't concede the corner. So I'll just let the ball go into the six-yard box. And you know, you can look at Robertson and say he's been blindsided and someone's come. But Robertson is entitled to think, and he's, 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 you're not supposed to as a defender, but he's entitled to think. Well, that ball's not coming in because Virgil's just mm. going to block. Van Dyke's got if you're setting up there right Lovren's dealing with Deeney Van Dyke's the organiser who's on toes there like like, I have sympathy for Lovren in that if it's not if you don't put someone on toes yeah uh, yeah, that's a that's not an easy situation to handle, and it makes him especially look like the AR, especially with the, you know yeah. you know he's gonna he's gonna yeah, lean back and hopefully and, and remember what happened at the, like if I'm Klopp, yeah, you're looking yeah, at the yeah. first half and that, and I mean this is ridiculous. If you're I mean, we've all been there, Klopp will be set to go. Christ, have I got to literally remind these about this? Yeah. Like, are we taking the piss now that I've got to remind them about this? And that's where you know you talk about the leadership and the armband and all that kind of thing. I include Allison in this. The minute the ball goes dead, you've got to come alive. And Liverpool weren't quick enough to get to get alive. To that. And I feel a little bit sorry for Lovren on the first goal, mm. to be honest, because as as crap as he is, he's been put in a, in, in that moment. He's been put in a bad situation. And and yeah. and watch it back. There's enough time for Liverpool to sort the sort the yeah, stuff out there. Yeah, it's it, by no means him just on in that, that goal. It's not like ingenuity that's come from Watford. They're quick. I and think fast. he's worse for the third goal, even though Trent sort of bails him out by sharing the load of, of the blame. But I think what he does for the third goal is mm. just head a head gone moment of just what it, leave it, mate. Just you know, like you've stopped trying to get in this nightclub. You're just you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not <laughs> getting in. Just go home. It's, it's in many ways the game through Dini. We'll yeah. Get, oh, yeah. You know, and and he can either look like the prize dope, or he can look like a you yeah. know a, a world beater in waiting. Did, did you read his interview? No. So he, his interview, uh, the Athletic published it, and it was a transcript, and he he was he kept saying, "I don't want to, I don't want to do what I've done in the past and say, sort of, you know, oh, I bullied them or whatever." It was basically that because it sticks with you for years. Troy Deeney respects Liverpool 100 percent and has never ever no. had a go at Liverpool since the scale. The, the one with scale because he knows more often than not that he's going to be on the wrong end of it but he had his day he had his day there and I don't I think what he would have wanted to say is 
probably when I saw that team sheet and Dejan Lovren was on it I was licking my lips and thought this could be my day today when he gets the game he wants that's where like Sean says before you've got to then disengage with him mm. and, and the one thing Lovren does wrong where if you're showing him the videos or whatever is he goes and follows him for the first ball when he's second Jordan midway second half he's just walking in 10 yards all the time and then there's this space behind him that's that's where clubs nowadays today, you don't mark the number. Nowadays, like when we were growing up, you mark the number if you know what I mean, and you, oh, you yeah. can't do that anymore because yeah. it's about interceptions. Yeah. So the minute you stand behind someone, you you can't intercept. And if you watch, like Sammy was, Sammy was probably one of the best I've seen at it in no in getting at the side goal side, but completely yeah. uh, diagonal. And he'd know he'd have the angle to step in front of you and then back into you. He, Lovren can't do that. That's not his skill set. You see. But you know, if, if, because you can't do that, you've, you've then got to do the same. Your position, you can't be behind the number. Do you know what I mean? I, I think what Dan said as well applies to just the general game. I think Fabinho didn't do a lot of, oh, of good yeah. in the game in terms I, of protecting. There's a question mark. Think, on th- can you can you see? Yeah. I think you've got to figure out problems on the pitch, and I think Trent and Lovren was a problem even at nil nil in the but game. I think he throws like Chamberlain in. In, yeah. the, in the second, yeah, the second think, balls in that area, there's no excuse for Fabinho and Oxley Chamberlain not being better. Yeah, and I don't, see, you know, I didn't see a great deal of Fabinho sort of saying, "Listen, we're on them balls, I'll come in here and I'll just, we'll just double up on them and we'll just, we'll just do, you know, I'll, I'll get in front of them and buy a free kick when mm. it's in the air and we'll just take the, the sting out of the game that way and he'll think twice about the next time." He didn't see it. Just seemed to be, well, we'll just persist with this and Dejan will sort it out and. You know, he didn't really. Did he? I didn't. thought that was the change at half time because of what had happened in the penalty area. What I was assuming would happen is that they'd sit Fabina ten yards in front of Dini on that side, just make the team a little bit more lopsided, which you can do quite easily with Salah and Mane, and then and the, the as well. shape you you've got. Drop them into a two slash one. And I, yeah. I thought what you do is you take the heat off Lovren for me, and you go listen. Yeah. Fabino's going to stand ten yards in front of this guy, and if anything comes up, Fabino's going to back into him. You just pick up the bits, mate. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to get yeah, near the guy. So, yeah, yeah. Just on Van Dijk, I wonder whether he's trusting his keeper a little bit too much. And I, I you've seen, yeah, but also you've seen as the season's gone on the thing where he's allowing shots from certain angles, and he's he's sort of gone, go on then. And I think yeah. you know, you, you, I think there's a bit of that in the first goal, whereas he, he thinks if you're getting a cross in from there, he'll probably read it. There's no way my keeper isn't getting this, and and I wonder whether. Even for the second goal, he thinks his, his starting position is higher than what it is without looking or without knowing, without having that that image of the pitch in your head. I just wonder whether sometimes there's a little bit of nonchalance creeping in where he's thinking, well, I've got him behind me. He's yeah. a well beater. Well, he's at my level. Well, if you look, look at the last three league games. Norwich were clean through on goal and Lallison made a save. Bowen was clean through for an equaliser against West Ham. And their SARS run clean through, which, you know, I'm, I don't know the XG on them, but they're big, they're big chances in in any game, aren't they? And they're against what? Were they the bottom three? They were actually mm. the bottom three, weren't they? At, at, yeah. In the last three games, so that yeah, that's it's not great, is it? You know, you know, it's not a great sort of thing to look back on. It's there's a pattern there that that even the even the sort of supposedly lesser teams are getting into very very good positions against against supposedly the best defence in the league and when you talk about fine margins I mean Bowen scores at the weekend with a chip with one touch yeah. as well Yeah, I think if you take two touches against Allison, you're dead 
That's why I do think the game really helps, honestly, because I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a concentration thing. I think, I think the minute they've gone in half time, they've lacked concentration. And I just look, they've been so concentrated for so long. I think yeah. that's why yeah. you do give them a pass. The focus that they've had has been so incredible. And I think for a number of different reasons we've sired, I think the concentration's gone. I think Van Dyke's one of them. And I think the good thing that this kind of thing does is it just shows you how highly concentrated you have to be. And I think. They also interesting parallel actually. If you watch back some of the videos when Liverpool went on bad runs and then we sort of you know ended up winning the league and bounced back and stuff, Hansen had a similar thing. You know, in that mm. the style of defending meant that if it went wrong in and around him, it looked a hell of a lot worse yeah. than it mm. than it did to others. And I think that's yeah. because of the bar Van Dyke set himself that when it does go slightly wrong in and around him, it just sticks out like such a sore thumb. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I I imagine especially with him, I think. I have no doubt. I think you're going to see the best. The problem for the rest of the country in Europe. I reckon this is the kind of thing where now, I, I think you're going to see a ten out of ten Van Dyke yeah. because the only weakness in his game for me is if he's either carrying an injury, which you'd never know with him because he's just such a warrior that would hamper his athleticism and, and the all-round ability he's got. And the other one is 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 just concentration, a bit like Hansen. Is it just getting a bit too easy for someone with yeah. that level of ability? where all of a sudden you need to have the concentration on and it's a bit like a keeper playing for Liverpool. It's the same for Van Dijk at the moment. We've been so dominated that I just think he's going to be mega now. That's why I I play against Chelsea, Van Dijk. Yeah, oh yeah. And and probably Alisson. I just say, yeah, look, go on. Just go and and show them that was a bliff Mm. straight away. The other thing with that as well, by the way, sorry to put him down, I was going to say, the other reason I'd do that is to Van Dijk and Alisson Bournemouth means nothing. It's a, it, for them, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to turn up and be at it. They're probably more worried about what their teammates will be doing. Do you know what I mean? So in terms mm. of bouncing back, what would matter to them if they see a strong Chelsea team, Stamford Bridge yeah. under the lights, bigger way end? That's what I, I'd want Van Dijk and Alisson getting at least a clean sheet out of it. And and, and, and then you you feel really feel a buzz out of it. Do you think he'll consider anything else going forward until at least Henderson's back? You know, There's a possibility he could... Change the shape a little bit, drop someone in next to Fabinho just to give him a hand while he's he's getting his, his way back through this. Yeah, well, the difficult the difficulty is he hasn't got that third midfielder, has he? Kaiser and Kaiser's just Kaiser couldn't time it worse, could he? You know, him and Shakiri are both yeah both time and couldn't time. And they're the ones that could have given you the unpredictability. Yeah, yeah. And Oxley Chamberlain is for certain games. I think you, I think you have to say that about him. I, I think when you need. When you need patience and reliability in the game, I don't think he's your man. I think he's he's great when the space is direct and it's literally put some tempo into the game for us. West Ham off the bench. I think when it's when it's listen, just keep you calm and just keep the ball moving and let's just work an angle and let's just play our way into the game. I don't think he's got the. I don't think he's tidy enough, generally in his game. I think he he's capable of doing brilliant things. He can ping a ball. He can he can shoot. He can run with the ball. But I think when it's just just lay that ball. Into the right path, and then get get him get it again. I think he he's he's a seven out of ten or a six out of ten mm. rather than a nine. Like you know, Henderson for for example, pretty much pretty much ideal in those sort of sideways passes. I know that's a <laughs> that's that's been a um, a stick to beat him with in the past. But you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Just feeding the fullbacks, yeah. feeding the fullbacks, keeping, you know, keeping it fit, one touch yeah. pass, keep the ball moving. Um, so that's that does limit. Yeah, I think it's easier to do it against Bournemouth at home with Oxley Chamberlain than it is against Watford away but I think Wijnaldum as well I think I think it might might do him a bit of good to, to reduce his workload a little bit and just keep him a little bit more fixed because I do think he has 
I think out of everyone, I think he looks leggy. Personally. I think he's been inconsistent for a while. And yeah. I love him. I absolutely adore him. Yeah, well, he didn't. I mean, he was first off, wasn't he? His numbers aren't great this season. Yeah, he was you first know. off on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah. As well, even though you'd expect it to be Ox. I'm thinking it's more the consistency levels with him. Because mm. normally, for me, he's been like a consistent eight. And then every few games, you'll get a nine. Might get the odd six, perhaps. I just think he's been far more inconsistent than. Mm. I think the highlights of him this year stand out, and the games that he's been incredible yeah. in stand out. Of course, they will. I just think there's been a bit well, of inconsistency. Well, well I, I could. It, it, it can just sometimes. I mean, I, I'm saying this as a, I'm saying this as a, the lowest level player you could imagine. So, but I, you've experienced and I've seen it with players I've 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 played with and, and managed where you sort of go, you're not changing anything really, but you're telling them that you're changing something. So you go, listen, I just want you to, just want you to sit in the two there, and it, it's almost sort of, okay, you know, like it just changes their mindset a little bit. And it's, it's rather than it's like, look, you've had a couple of bad games, just keep doing what you're doing. And it's like. Struggling, I know mean, I'm struggling a bit. Yeah, you know, if, if it's in his head that he's tired or whatever, and it's just, it's just a sort of mental refresher almost of like, listen, you know, we're just changing the system a little bit. You're just going to sit in there and we're going to, going to control the game a little bit more, almost tricking him. It's going to be easier for you, you know, like we're going to make yeah. it a little bit easier for you. But, and I think you've got the option. I, I mean, I'm really, really going to push this, this one, play Curtis Jones against Bournemouth, play him in the game because he's not burdened by any of the things that some of the other players mm-hmm. are burdened by. Oxley Chamberlain. Coming in thinking, I've got to get this third midfielder spot here. I've got, you know, like Kater, when Kater's back fit, I'm going to be competing. Jordan will be back soon. Milner's back. Curtis Jones, he should have brought him on, on, I think, on Saturday because he would have come on. He'd been the only person on that bench who'd come on and think, I'll I'll get two here. I'll get two here and we'll draw this 2 2. You watch, I'll come yeah. on and do this. I think Minamino comes on and thinks, okay, this is just minutes. I'm just getting minutes here. You know, I'll come on and try and do what I want. Whereas, for, for someone like that who's just completely unfettered this is the best time to get them I think it's just that's when you've got the, the, the sheer freedom of them to just go go on lad go and have you go, mm. go, I, have I, you go. I'd like to see a tweak against the sides that set up in your Atletico Madrid S shape your Watford S shape because I think if you're Oxley chamberlain I think he's he's killed now by Firmino and Salah's space compared to that that for when Oxley chamberlain first found his feet and, and he goes on that January to April run the whole thing that he could do is he could go on the inside diagonal and he was hitting the space and then he had runners flowing off him. Now, he can't do that. Firmino's just even deeper. And and mm. if Oxlade-Chamberlain wants to run in front, he's got Salah blocking there. Trent is now... You, you don't want to take up Trent's space on the outside. Henderson's been amazing at figuring out where the pockets of space are in this system. Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, just looks around and goes, I've got no idea where I'm supposed to be here. And the other problem is I think this Liverpool team's overpassing. Yeah, I think it's overpassing massively. This Liverpool team isn't the Ajax of the 70s. It's not the Barcelona 2009. This is a Liverpool team a little bit like the the better Liverpool teams that are like parents and grandparents grew up, which was, it was a passing and running team. And it knew when to pass and it knew when to run with and without the ball. And, and if you think of a rugby analogy, this Liverpool team is at its best when it brings you into the scrum and goes out, but then brings you back in and it just sucks a couple of people out and then it runs you to direct, and you don't know where the space has come. You don't think this team's hurting you, and before you know it, you want down. And what this Liverpool team need to be better at is that they need to get the bees around the honey. And then as soon as there's that gap, when Alton can run with the ball, Oxley Chamberlain can run with the ball. The two fullbacks are devastating with it. When Van Dijk opens his legs and Joe Gomez, you know, you think of Matip last season, yeah. how effective Matip was yeah. at getting through it's the lines. And I do think that when Liverpool have struggled to create, even Salah and Mane, they sort of they drop off sort of get side on and then they're looking for combinations and things like this yeah. and I'm like Christ 
if you've got Sardon against me, that's what I want you to do. Because if you run at me, I've got to win it off you nine times out of nine. The one time you get round me, our entire shape's ruined. And that's the problem. All these teams are now setting up to go, they'll hit the Dayak. When they don't hit the Dayak, these are the passing combinations they yeah. make. These are the passing maps. This is where we go. It's not hurting them. This Liverpool team needs to get, I think, back to what pass one, pass two, pass three, we go. And, and, and we explode into that space. And For me, you're either... If you keep Firmino where you keep him, I think you get Oxlade Chamberlain and Wijnaldum going out. I think you say, right, I've got Firmino there, I've got Van Dijk and Gomez behind him, I've got Firmino in and around there, you guys need to go out now and get better combinations out wide and start dragging people. Or, we've got to, you know, you get Salah and Mane with paint on the boots for 20 minutes and go almost Man City, and you really stretch the pitch wide, and then you're relying on Wijnaldum and Oxlade Chamberlain making them vertical runs where there's space. I think... I think just a bit of, even if it's only for 15 minutes, by the way, I just think that bit of variety, no teams, the kind of teams we're coming up against who are bottom 10, even Atletico Madrid at Anfield who are just going to park the bus, some little variety in some way, shape or form like that would damage them. And I also think if you're setting up against Liverpool, I am not worried about them passing through us. I'm just not. That's what I want you to do. I'd be terrified of this Liverpool team running at me. All right, huge thanks to Sean and to Neil. That's been the review. We'll be back after Chelsea when hopefully we're in the draw for the quarterfinals. Sports Social Podcast Network.